Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic, evil, dark, cult magic. I'm your host, Josh Kirby, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who abducts children to work in his minds. Definitely not Alex Dandino. Never's done Definitely that. Alex Dandino. I'm just, I'm just asking questions. Alex Dandino's not rich enough to have a mind. When you see the Netflix documentary, Dandino's Island... <laughs> All right, before today's amazing episode, a little bit of business. People, it's official. We're on Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash Pod. The best way to support the show, the best way to help grow the show, but also the best way to make this show what you want it to be. We have a huge Patreon-exclusive library that our patrons actually have a say in what goes in that library. We got commentaries. We got many series. You can even have even have us record a double feature. Come on, coffee work now. Come on, goddammit. Uh, lots of good stuff over there. We work really hard to try to make that worth the time and support that you guys are kind enough to show us. So if you would be so generous, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod, the best way to help grow the show. For all of you who support us, thank you. We know uh, you know that we love you, and it means the world to us. If you're about to support the show, thank you as well. There's also things you can do to help the show if financial support is not an option. You can send a, one of our shows to a friend you love who uh, loves movies, right? Let them know that we exist. Send them an episode of a movie they love, a movie they hate, a movie you love, whatever. Send them a, an episode, right? Free, easy thing to do. Get some conversation started. That helps grow the show. Something else you can do. Five-star ratings and reviews wherever you find the pod. That helps us defeat the algorithmic cults that be stealing our children's and hearts. Right. You can also follow us on all the socials. Uh, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Film Alchemist, if you want to see our early morning faces over there. That's enough business. All right. It's time to uh, continue our journey. The pod wins an Oscar late. <laughs> we're workshopping it. <laughs> it's not as easy of a curation to come I'm up. I'm going to tell name. you right now. We're gonna wind up being the it's gonna wind up being the pods workshopping a title. That's what this yeah. that's what this month's gonna be called. It's just gonna be the pod dot dot dot. You're not <laughs> here for the fucking quippy titles. Neither here nor there. So the the idea for this curation we thought was a really fun one, right? This year was a a joyous celebration at the Oscars, right? A lot of celebrations of people winning Oscars mm -hmm. who didn't seem like they were ever gonna make it to that stage, right? So we thought, what if we took uh, all of our best actor winners? rolled back the clock to some of their their early works right to see from where they are now academy award-winning actors uh to some of the starts right so today we are uh we're doing the key we're talking about key man uh an integral part everyone our age for sure he was an integral part of our childhoods uh both as part of the goonies and today's movie temple of doom mm -hmm. probably of the original indiana jones trilogy right Probably the least liked one of those, right? Easily, easily. Which is not even really a criticism. Those are three fucking outstanding movies. It's, no, yeah. To me personally, if I'm ever going to watch an Indiana Jones movie, this is the one I watched. This was my first Indiana Jones movie. Because I'll never forget, we had a, a day in kindergarten, right? I went to this really small school, right? This country-ass school. And one day in kindergarten, I don't know what gym teacher went above and beyond for us, but we had, it was kindergarten or first grade. We had a gym day where our segment was Indiana Jones. 
So oh, one gosh. of the teachers was like flashing the lights. We got a swing on ropes. We had to run through obstacle course. We grabbed this ball, a dodgeball, and someone rolled this fucking gigantic boulder at us. Nice. Right? And I was like, this is the fucking coolest. I was like, is this what school is going to be every day? I'm going to be a learned scholar. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was prepared to enjoy school for the rest of my life based on this. I mean, and this is like a small fucking school. So someone spent their own hard-earned money and time. That's pretty cool. To essentially build a Indiana Jones dungeon raid for us, right? So between that, and then I saw Muppet Babies. And Muppet Babies had the boulder. And I was like, yep, oh, my yep. God. That was gym class, right? We did Muppet Babies Day at gym class. I had no idea. So I started asking around. And my Nana, who is the one who got me into movies, was like, oh, that's Indiana Jones. Right. And my Nana was like, you need to watch this one. And I was a young child. And she handed me uh, this VHS that she had recorded, Temple of Doom, right. off cable, right? It fucking blew my mind. Because everyone who listens to this show, I'm a real like horror movie guy. I love horror movie aesthetics, all that. Yeah, yeah. This movie just says, do you want your Indiana Jones as a horror movie? And the answer for me was a resounding absolutely. I love this movie. I totally get why people think it's the worst Indiana, except for Crystal Skull. It, it It's kind of clunky narratively. It has this really big kind of like dead spot in the middle. Mm -hmm. I'll get all that. The superpower of this movie is having key a short round. Yeah. Right? This movie is a wish fulfillment for all of us who were kids saying, would you like to roll with Indiana Jones? Right. The shots of him in the background em emulating and imitating Indiana Jones. Right? The bravery this young kid shows. Right? This young street orphan. It fucking, it's everything I wanted in a movie. This is one of my all-time favorite movies from my childhood that I would watch all the time. Right. So I've, I fucking unabashedly adore Temple of Doom, and it's the one I go back to the most. So Alex, kick me off with your opening thoughts on Temple of Doom. Yeah, I saw Temple of Doom ugh, high school, maybe college. I did not seek out Temple of Doom. That might be wrong. I honestly, like, my recollection of Temple of Doom is so fuzzy, and I never, like, it was not the one I sought out for sure. Because, and I think, like, Everyone else, like, I remember seeing some of it on cable, like every, like most kids our age, but it was never one that I was, like, going to watch. So, like, the first time I sat down dedicated to watching it was I was much older, for sure. Um, And, yeah, I get it. Like, I get it's not the favorite because, yeah, there's, like, some <laughs> questionable cultural choices within the film, and there's some, you know... There's some things that probably don't gel with today's culture a little bit. And also, yeah, there is a, That's a, a shitload of movies from 40 plus years. Agreed. Ago. <laughs> There's also a, a huge dead spot in the middle of this movie that you're like, I yeah. even even after watching it yesterday, I could not tell you. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like, I'm just like, like. It's a bizarre because it essentially starts with like a cold open. That's a 20 minute Indiana Jones short film. Yeah. That plays like a traditional kind of high jinxy Indiana Jones, right? And that the opening of this movie is a fucking rocket ship. Barn burner. Right? We're in this dance club. We're doing like a kind of Indiana or a, a James Bond riff. Yeah. You know, I've got the diamond. I have poisoned you. Here's an antidote, right? We're kicking diamonds and poison around. Mm -hmm. People are fighting, shooting. Indiana Jones kills a guy with a flaming kebab. With, by the way, shittiest diamond 
they could have picked. Like, I don't know what the prop master was doing, but it was just like, uh, I don't know. There's this one that you I wanted sculpt- that fucking like softball side. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It's like, I don't know. There's this one I sculpted out of an empty, um, out of an empty snow globe. Does this one work? I mean, it's not really that great. Like, no, no, perfect. We'll do that. <laughs> I'm not as good at grading diamonds. I just thought it was a cool scene. <laughs> it's a cool scene, but it was, I mean, Dude, I, the way it shot, the, I'm this talking is about like, it now. Like, I mean, now when I'm an adult. Steven Spielberg, right? The Spielberg yeah. just shoots the fuck Spielberg. out of this movie. <laughs> And I, I fucking love this opening. Really yeah, killed Spiels it. Yeah, Right? And then we do this, like, we're driving around, short rounds driving the car. Um, it's just fucking great, right? It's like a live-action roller coaster. It's fucking amazing opening. I mean, Right? That... And we get to the plane, and then we get the Mythbusters, like, jumping out of the plane with the rap. Like, it is a nonstop, look at how fucking awesome and yeah. fun Indiana Jones is. And then we kind of slowly drift and meander... Yeah. Into this, oh, hey, an archaeologist showed up at our village. Take this side quest. Right. So it's a it's a narratively strange film. Like, just on a script level, right, when you're building this movie out, there are not a lot of movies that say, hey, let's start here for 20 minutes, mm-hmm. and then we'll just kind of reboot this other, like, you know, hour-long movie afterwards. Yeah. It's a weird choice they made, for sure. It's, yeah, like, I mean... What, I'll say this. It I think they pro- were just like, our journey is coming in light. We've got like 80 pages of adventure. We need to beep it up. If you read the stories of how this movie came together, it's kind of, it makes a lot, makes a lot of sense. It's not that this was like a trash movie or anything like that. Like they, no, I know. mean, this is the partnership of two of the most important filmmakers of our youth. Absolutely. George Lucas and Spielberg, right? This is like a, and this a powerhouse is, right. like collaboration. This, all, this is also like originally they had written, like originally Lucas had written a treatment that was supposed to take place in Scotland. And Spielberg cited it as way too close to Poltergeist. So they're like, you're going to have to redo it. So, and then on top of that, Lawrence Kasdan, who helped write uh, Raiders, they said, hey, um, we want you to come back and write Temple of Doom. And he read the dream and he goes, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> he read it like he's quoted saying it just read mean and it happened. It came out like I think the other thing, too, is that's a good place to start a conversation about. This yeah, I, I agree, because this movie does come out. And I know because I never really thought about the historical context between like of like their lives. But it does happen in a time when. Spielberg and Lucas were going through like really intense emotion, like personal shit. I believe, like, because this is the movie famously that cost Spielberg like a hundred million dollars of his own money because he basically got caught cheating on Amy Irving with Kate Capshaw in the middle of this movie. So she like filed a huge and inju- she filed a huge lawsuit against him and got a hundred million dollars of his own money because uh, they had to split whatever he out. earned. So yeah, fuck around and find out, dude. I mean, so like, there's that, and I, I can't remember what was going Notice on. He in... left that out of the fable. Yeah, <laughs> convenient revisionist hmm? history, much Stefan. <laughs> All right, all right. And no, I can't. I don't remember. I again, I, I don't do a lot of research, but like that was Lawrence Kasdan's take. Was like it read very mean on the page, and for me, it just did not. It just came at a very turbulent time in their lives, and it felt like they were trying to say something really shitty and i just didn't want to have any part of it there is that is kind of the big takeaway rewatching it mm-hmm. is even indie it comes off as this kind of brute 
right? He's like this real fucking like brute character in this movie. Yeah. The kind of, you know, devil may care vibe of Indiana Jones in the first one, right? This like charming archaeologist who's like fighting his way around the world. He still has those like rough edges, right? Like he's clearly mm-hmm. not always a great guy, right? He's like a hit it and quit it, run around, fist fighting kind of guy. This one, he is so, so much darker. I think, right? Because, like, especially we talked about this about Kate Capshaw's character, right? Yeah. Willie is abrasive. Yeah. On a level that's, it's like a Jar Jar Binks level of like, why do you want me to not like this character so much? Yeah. Like, and the way Indy treats her is pretty, so fucking shitty. Pretty shitty. I mean, there are just scenes of him being, I mean, like, you're just like, is he just going to start smacking her around? Is like, what's happening? Okay. He opens the movie fucking knocking out a cigarette girl. I was going to say, he fucking straight up punches a cigarette girl in the face, and there's no, like, recoil of, like, oh. Like, because you think, like, I think about the comparison to, like, Raiders. And that mm-hmm. version of Indiana Jones would have been like, ooh, like, I did not mean to do that. Like, that kind of, like, it would have been a great gag, you know? Sort of like, yeah. I mean, a man of violence, but there is just something like, especially sure. at that, there's this cultural, right? Like, all of our dads are like, you never hit women, right? Right. Punching a cigarette girl in the face was, I like, I completely forgot about that when I was watching it last night. I texted you, I was like, wow, this is really kicking off strong with well, it's, just it's punching like a, a chick in the face. Why is this in the movie? You're trying to tell me something, and yeah. what you're telling me is that Indiana Jones will casually knock women the fuck out. Yeah. Right, and it's. It's strange, and there are scenes like when when Willie gets knocked off the elephant and sprayed, the way he just looks down on her in disdain. Right? It has this like, it reminds me when you started to hear, and they were like making a uh, that Toby Jones movie, right? About how Hitchcock just tortured mm-hmm. his actresses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, there's a real vibe on that. And I was like, did something happen? And then you're like, oh yeah, something did happen. <laughs> did he just halfway through be like, you fucking cost me a hundred mil? That's <laughs> <just> like, <laughs> this movie is so unfair. To the Willie character. I mean, to be fair. and while like In a I, way that's like, it, it is kind of repulsive at times. Yeah, like the I scene mean, when Indiana Jones is just like, primitive nocturnal activity. And you're just like, ugh, like this isn't suave at all. Yeah. I like think it has like a real rapey vibe. I'd say that scene. It's bizarre. Like that post-dinner scene. Like, look, I'm not saying that she's probably, like on the page, I couldn't tell you how Willie is supposed to be the vibe that Willie's supposed to give off on the page. But I know the vibe Cape Cap Kate Capshaw gives while she's doing the part. And it's not just that she's like so helpless. Like that is a huge problem, I think, in the movie. Like probably absolute like no agency to do anything yeah, like, kind of character. I think the like it's literally and especially not you juxtapose that with the last movie right where our our heroine in the last movie's fucking out drinking people and right. fighting and like it's I think like the, indiana jones is equal right i think that's the problem is like what you can't do is say oh well i want the opposite of marion ravenwood for this script and you're like okay yeah. cool what you can't do is say i want the opposite of marion ravenwood in every conceivable way including her ability to conceive of what's going on around her because that's the huge that to me is like the biggest problem with Willie is that she spends the entire movie in disbelief. She's in the movie. And I'm like, Hey, just so you know, you are in a film. Stop acting like you're in a movie. 
Like there's a huge like that is like the biggest problem I have with the performance in general is she spends the entire movie acting like she just woke up in the middle of a movie. There should well, I mean, I get the disbelief. Like, wait, what's happening? Heart yeah, but like and bugs and but I gotta tell you, an point, hour though, in, you're like, Willie says the only way out is through, right? And like, I'm here. I am a, a person who has worked her way up to be this famous singer in a for, uh, a far off land, right? So Willie has done things in her life. Willie has achieved things, right? Yeah, you would sure. think at a certain point she goes, I'm fucking sick of this shit and gets in on it, right, right? Exactly. She's putting the hat on for a scene and like going for it, right? But it it feels so unfair to her, right? Because Willie gets criticized a lot. I don't see a world where based on the script that we see on film where Willie could have had any other trajectory but for people to be turned off by this right. character. I well, I don't uh, think it's a performance issue. I think it is a when you write a character who's so fucking useless. I think it's a little column A, a little column B because there is the agency an actress can have to like not chew the scenery. And the problem is, is like it happens a lot. But obviously that comes from a lot. Like, I mean, you're working from, with like one of like the power directors of the time. And if he's saying be a useless shit. Yeah, but maybe he's know. yeah, but maybe he's also saying, "Hey, do whatever you want, because we going to get down." You know, that's well. <laughs> I I mean, maybe, maybe I don't know, but this feels like an is there on one the page. Is there one person who was able to wield the power of Spielberg in the eighties? Yes, twas Kate Capshaw. The, I don't blame her for the shortcomings of Willie, but this is kind you of can't. a big problem because Willie's also integrally tied to the worst flaw the movie has. Mm-hmm. Which is this, by the time the raft stops, we're in this village. They've stolen a sacred stone and our children. Right. All right, I'm down for this cool. mystery. Interesting. Then we have this, like, 30 minutes of meandering, right? Like, we're going to mm-hmm. walk on elephants to this palace. We're going to go do a dinner with all these weird foods. Yeah. It just kind of lo- Then Indiana Jones is like, is he a rapist? Right? We do this weird, like, 30 minutes. Of just kind of spinning our wheels and really making us sit and be like, do I like this Indiana Jones? Do I like Willie? Yeah. And the answer, like most of the scenes is nope. Not really. Not at all. And so if you take the opening ride, which is great. And I think once we get into the Temple of Doom, it's fucking great. Yeah. There's this big fucking gap. In an hour and 40 long minute movie, it's hard to fucking throw 30 minutes down the drain. Yeah. Especially and that is that like is the 30, rough part, but it's like 30 minutes. That's I think this is the really interesting thing about the movie. It's 30 minutes. That's not like just, oh, there's 30 minutes of exposition in the middle of this movie of a like, you know, of an Indiana Jones movie. I need no ex- like Indiana Jones. Once you're once you've seen Raiders and any subsequent movie, I need very little exposition for Indiana Jones movies. Like it's almost an yeah. unnecessary He's an archaeologist, but it's essentially like Hellboy, right? Yeah. Like these are mythical journeys. These are mythical journeys. He goes on like he's going to find a thing. Someone else is going to want it nine times out of 10. It's Nazis. And then, you know, you move on. Like it's, <laughs> this is like the one movie. It's not Nazis, but I, think, I thought the setting and the aesthetic was really cool. I think so too. Like, Again, the movie just spends 30 minutes, though, not doing exposition. Because you can kind of just deal with exposition work. What it's doing is, ex- like, exposing the inner 
dirtbag of Indiana? I, I don't know how else to describe right, it. Right, but this again, this is the great choice they made, which to me gets me through, is the addition of short round. Absolutely. It's the there's that time when you thing. see him and Indiana playing together, right? When they're oh, like man. at the campfire. How good is that? They're hanging out together, and it's like, this is my dude. This is my friend and my... And again, the fact that in this post-Oscar world, mm-hmm. that we're not just going to say, let's do a short round series. Let's do a short round miniseries. This whole movie is about a kid who was found by Indiana Jones, how much they bonded together, how they needed each other. And him wanting to be Indiana Jones, the fact that Key's phone is not blowing up off the hook, and they're like, would you come back as short round? Imagine the audience reaction at the opening of an Indiana Jones scene. You see the silhouette at the door, and Key steps through the light. Yeah. I mean, that man is fucking bro. Like, it's hard for me to even talk about his scenes and everything ever all at once without getting choked up. Same. I mean, just like one of the most lovable human beings that you could put in this franchise. That des- And that's the thing. They have a new movie coming out right now they filmed. And my hope is, is that someone got on the horn and says, hey, dude, you know what's really popular right now? Post-credit scenes. This is one I would be happy to wait through the credits for. Yeah. To see this reunion, right? The internet is resoundingly said we don't want Chris Pratt as Indiana Jones. I think people would get behind because short round in this movie is the the thing that elevates it to me. Yeah, I right? mean his his age because see he's the exact opposite. He's a child. Yeah, but he has agency coming out of everywhere. Yeah, right. Like he is a fucking tough, get it, it done kind of kid. He's so be... fucking charming. He's so fucking funny in those bits where he brings out the human in Indiana Jones that we're missing. Yeah. Like the scene when Indiana Jones is taken over, right? They make him drink the fucking blood out of the skull, which I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. This is, that The Temple of Dune section is like Indy goes metal as fuck. Yeah, and it's sure. awesome. And when he makes him drink the blood and he fucking smacks the shit out of Short Round. Yeah. Like I feel that in my soul when that scene still happens. But Short Round doesn't sit there and cry and be like, no, all is lost. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to save my dude, Indy. And he torches them, right? And then they start, you know, and he goes, hey, I'm all right, kid. And when Harrison Ford is down on his knees, he's like, I'm sorry, dude. Like, well, he's the that's like a real like heartstring moment for me in a movie that's so lacking empathy for the characters. This movie is about Short Round saving the day. Like the whole thing is the end of Indiana Jones if Short Round does not. It's the idea that Indiana Jones has done something good. This and that Indiana- there will be more Indiana Joneses to right. come. Like this Indiana Jones that we all know and love from Raiders, like imprinted on this kid and gave him the agency to be like, hey, don't back down from people who are trying he to. He gave like- him the ability to fight. Yeah. He gave him courage beyond what he should have. I mean, the things that we like about it's Indiana probably Jones, not the stuff we've done for the past 30 minutes. Like the opener alone like his introduction when the car pulls up the whole thing i'm like yeah that might be the great like one of the Dr. top Jones, five there's no time for love it's one like, of the yeah, one of the top yeah. five great intros for a character because I you're mean, just, this is this is a kid's movie right it the basis yeah. of this is the kind of serials that george lucas that. watched as a kid <laughs> right and so putting this this super fucking capable kid in the middle of it i mean that was a stroke of brilliance well, i think what's I think what's really fascinating about this movie, like culturally, is that this one and Gremlins are actually the reason that the PG thirteen rating was created. Yeah, because 
and then it was like Spielberg who had to petition. He's like, hey, I made one mildly violent movie and I made Gremlins as well. Can you like make a different one so that like parents know it's not a PG rated movie? It's uh, you know, there's PG some other shit. PG thirteen to me just reads. We didn't want to go all the way. Yeah, that's all. Right. PG thirteen is always like, oh, they say rating. the f word once in this movie. Cool. Yeah. But see, that's the thing. When I was a kid, it was okay to see movies that had violence and horror and whatever. Like, now everything's very sanitized for kids. Um, Now they just do emotional trauma directed at parents normally. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that's true. That's fine. Yeah, scarring shit that's going to cost me tens of thousands of dollars in therapy. That's okay, right? (laughs) (laughs) The thought that my kid can just imagine me and my wife are going to die every time we enter a vehicle... That's no. fine. <laughs> you know, there's a casting in this movie that I completely... Like, again, this is one of those movies that I just, like... I don't spend much time with. I have a friend who... I don't know. I don't think Rex... My friend Rex Chung listens to the show. But this is, like, his favorite Indiana Jones movie. He's very passionate about that this is... A, this is, like, a legitimately good Indiana Jones movie. And it's, like, unfairly I maligned. I completely forgot that Delbert Grady is, like, the fucking British officer in this movie. And when I saw him, I was like, oh... That's a vibe, the throw in the movie. Like that's a like yeah. interesting casting vibe. You're like, oh, you are trying to tell everyone up front, like, hey, some fucked up shit is gonna happen in this movie. There is a brief moment where the movie tries to play it as like, Oh, thank God the British soldiers are here to put down the Indian people. And I was like, That's uh that's not a great choice. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Well, at least they made the other soldiers also Indian civilians or yeah. soldiers, right? But I was kinda like the oh thank God the British man was here to save the day. I was like, that's a rough one. Uh, but Indiana Jones has always been a white savior kind of movie. It's just this is the one where he's not fighting other white people. Uh, yeah, I think that's a very important. <laughs> like, again, that I think like that's like the, you know. But hey, you have an Asian 40... person as part of the fucking group that's the heroes. Right. But I mean, like, that's the like 40, you know, 40 years later. That's the problem yeah. with the movie. Like, you know, that's the cultural agency that like certain things take in hindsight. So it is take it all is. that shit out. Right. Like yeah. there, there are problems with the movie for sure. But my my theory with movies is right. What I kind of judge a movie by, like, what are you at your best? Like, what are the best, like, three to five moments in the movie? And if you just take Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom at its three to five best moments, mm-hmm. you could stack this movie up against fucking almost anything, and it can fucking hold its I own. I mean, it still like, at does. Its best, this movie is fucking... Like, when we watch and they crawl into that temple and they're like, the thuggy are real. That fucking chamber is awesome. Like, seared in my memory as, like, one of the coolest fucking sets I'd ever seen. Yeah. When he pulls the guy's heart out, the guy's still alive. They lower him into the fucking lava, right? They fucking bring him back up. You got the stones. You got the skull that's glowing from this, like, mythical energy. I watch that scene still, and I'm like, this is the coolest shit I've ever seen. Like, I fucking love this cultish chamber. I love that the fucking scenery and the imagery of the ritual. Yeah. Right? This I, the, When this movie's right, it's real right. Yeah, I think that it's... It's just classic action. Like I, dude, that this fucking is, heart rip, and he's holding it, and then the heart catches on fire. Fucking hell! Come on, man. Like, how can what you not be? Now? I mean, there's like, even even though like, just every there's like, yeah, like it's four or five moments that are totally metal, that are really like, that is the Indiana Jones movie I came for. Yeah. And when you think about, and again, I'm not saying we have to. You have to. You you can't just like pick it apart like that because it's a movie, but like. 
those scenes make up for yeah like what 30 this minutes a, of downtime it's a great screenwriting book it's kind of a storytelling book right i think it's called story by robert mckee mm-hmm. and he talks about this he's like your movie will be remembered i can't remember if he says two or three whatever but he's like all of the movies that you love we don't remember all of like the exposition and the motivations right you get right. like into someone's memory there's like those three moments however many he said right that are like that's how people will take your movie and that's how they'll remember it when i remember temple of doom right and i didn't watch this in a couple years i don't remember that middle section right i remember the fucking the escape and the raft i remember the fucking heart rip i remember indiana jones pummeling that giant guy who's in um blackface i guess is pat roach yeah yeah brown (laughs) face right not Not great. great Not great, you know. But I remember Indiana Jones pounding on him for appropriating. Yeah. While in the background, you see Short Round pounding on the kid with the voodoo doll. Yeah. I remember Indiana Jones being forced to drink blood and becoming Dark India. Like when he's shooting Dark Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. fucking hell, dude. That was also kind of one of those. I'm like, you've been doing Dark Indiana Jones this whole movie. Why? <laughs> but I just, I, I fucking, I remember this movie for those moments. I fucking love a lot of this movie. It's, I mean, you can stack up most great action sequences. If the mine shaft scene is not in there, I cannot imagine it's a good. It's a cartoon, but it's fucking funny. It's fucking awesome. My kids watch this with me, and my children have never seen it, right? They're seven and five now. Right. They actually, and this was one of those where I was like, wow, this still works. They fucking put down the Nintendo Switch that they were playing and handing back and forth and just started watching the movie once like that the is the happened. magic of Indiana Jones. If you right can make there. kids today put right down there. the fucking screen and watch India, like watch a movie and be into it. That is a fucking achievement. I assure you. It's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I can hear me. other parents that screen time for screen time. All right, man, whatever. It's whatever. Indiana Jones. I, I, I swear to you. I was Jones. actually, I was in a, I had to do a, um, I had to do like a in, uh, in individual uh, education assessment or something for Henry yesterday. We were sitting here, and he likes to sit on my lap when I'm working at the computer. So I'll let I have two screens. So on the other screen, I'll put up YouTube just so that I can like, get work done. So I was doing this Zoom call with his teachers, and they're like, "See, he's been sitting there the whole time. He's concentrating quietly." And I was like, "Yeah, listen, don't judge me, but he's watching YouTube videos of like toy unboxing. So like I yeah. like look." I, I'm yeah. a bad parent. Like, let's just like address parents it. Parents need to get this in their head. This is the world they're gonna grow up in. Yeah. So like, like you, you can limit just, your like, kids to like an hour of screen time, but how much time do we as adults spend on fucking screens? Yeah, I, that ain't going down. But like, <laughs> there are times like I didn't watch this with him, with him, but I will say there are times, especially a younger. Yeah. There are times though when I've watched action movies of this ilk, maybe even Raiders at this point. To be honest. And he's been like mesmerized. Like that again is the power of Indiana Jones is that it is this. Yeah, it's not a CGI fest and all these other things. And like, you know, look, we're about to get another Indiana Jones movie that I'm sure has some of those elements in it. But it's action because that's what you do in serials. Like there's something really magical about that kind of thing. And Temple of the Doom does. Ride is a classic. Like how yeah. fucking Temple fun of is Doom this? does that better than almost all of them. 
Like, like yeah. that mineshaft moment is the Tim- unbelievable. Doom has this aesthetic of it was designed for an interactive show mm-hmm. at the Universal backlot. Oh, absolutely. And a lot of people weaponize that against this movie. But again, this is the grown men talking about these movies as if they were not directed for a children audience. Right. And I can already hear people saying, then why are they doing the throat ripping dark magic cult? Because that is fucking cool and cool. kids like that shit. As a why kid, not? I immediately knew, oh, this is bad. Right. Listen, and I thought are, they were cool. I think that's a really important thing is like when you are unfamiliar with and this is just how it always is. When you are not familiar because we grow up in America where we're taught that this is like literally the only cultural melting pot in the world. When you learn about another culture, when you learn or when you don't know anything about something else and you see something like that in a movie or television, you stop and notice. And I'm not saying it's necessarily the right way to do it, but like sometimes it's a really fascinating thing to see. And then it makes you go, you bring is that really how another point. world works? That's the a fascinating other thing, thing I actually really dig about this one is Indiana Jones, an archaeologist, right? Mm-hmm. That's digging up old shit to like tell the story of the past, right? Right. This is the one where what if the artifact from the past has unearthed itself? Right. And now you're actually living it instead of just talking about what it was. And this isn't some old ass ghost like pick a cup, pick a cup. That's a right. fun game. Yeah, yeah. That's not a fun game. This is a guy who's like, holy shit, this cult was supposed to be dead for centuries. Mm -hmm. Here it is. I'm fucking under the spell of its magic. For some reason, they have uh, what we call voodoo dolls, right? Right. I don't know if that's the thing that they had somewhere in that culture as well. I think it's... Watching Indiana Jones be fucking consumed by the history that he, you know, is always just studying safely from the modern lens... Mm -hmm. I think it's fucking awesome. The idea that like you dig too deep and you find some shit that it's fights really back. cool. And yes, I know the Ark of the Covenant melted some fucking faces, whatever. Fine. That's the other thing. It's the classic refrain at this point. Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark would happen the exact same way if Indiana Jones was not in the movie. Yeah. The Nazis still find the Ark. They still get melted. Done. Yeah. Indiana Jones is so fucking brought into the belly of this beast. Yeah. I think it's great, man. That shot of when he like he fucking gets his agency back, right? And there's that silhouette of Indiana Jones that just meant the world to me as a kid. Mm-hmm. And you see all those fucking little kids turn around and see him, right? And Short Round had already given him hope with his escape, right? right. When he's like climbing up that uh, ladder to get to that little fucking cavern. And there's that great shot of all the kids looking up with a big smile on their face because one of them got out. And when Indiana Jones runs up and he hits a guy like he's Mike Tyson and sends him sliding like 15 feet, you see those kids like, yeah, <laughs> it's fucking righteous. Yeah, it's, it's fucking righteous. It's it's all like, there are such great moments in this movie yeah. that great this moments. is this is the thing that I always love about. This is the thing that I think makes and this is why we're doing the pod like this this month is this is what makes key Haekwon's performance so important and so impactful and so wonderful. Same reason you and I, like one of the big things that we both liked about return of the Jedi is that ending where it's like one kid who has, or sorry, uh, the last Jedi, last Jedi. the one kid oh. who has like, like, like the microcosm of what makes star Wars right. so important to us is that last shot of last year. And it's exactly what we said at the beginning of this pod, which is like, this is us getting to be on this journey. Like we all get to put ourselves in short round shoes for the entire time. We get to be on this journey with Indiana Jones. And 
that's access that we weren't getting in other action movies. Like we're either, you know, and like, you know, there are a lot of great, like Joe Dante who did a good job of like make, giving kids a lot of agency and some stuff. And there's like movies like monster the squad. 80s were of a course. great era for like kids who can be actively involved in the adventure right. movies. But, but like the, the this scene is Indiana that, like, Jones, the scene of this movie that is the most like prescient to me. Right. Or this the shot I should say. Right. Is when Indy's fighting the guy and the little kids like voodoo doll. him. he's like, ah, Indiana Jones is fucking dead. Yeah. Like he's going to die. His head's going to get smashed by that smat rock smashing machine. Right. Right. You see short round standing there with Willie. Who's like, no, no. Short rounds like, oh, I got this. He yeah. fucking runs and he catches the water uh, elevator. Right. Yep. He jumps up, and that shot of him just fucking fighting and pounding the kid. So awesome. Right? He's fighting. He gets the knife out of the doll, and Indy wakes up. <laughs> Boom. As if he's inter- – because of Shorty's action, he's re-imbued with power. Yeah. And they're fucking fighting at the same time. Come on. That's how you sell to the fucking that's, people that's who That's what love you get the movie. kids in the seat for. You're like, I could be oh, short round. Yeah, I could fucking save Indiana Jones. I could Jones. save Indiana Jones. I, I could, could be the linchpin like, of the whole movie. Come on, man. I mean, I mean that that shot alone to me. I mean, I just love everything. Uh, Key is so fucking wonderful in this movie. It's pretty. It's pretty glorious. The, the the power that he had, even as a young actor, right? Is he's he's so fucking funny for sure. Yeah. But that that empathy, that fucking bravery, that I can't do this, but I'm gonna fucking try anyways, dude. I mean, it just fucking oozes from him. Yeah. Right. And it is one of my favorite things that he's back now. And I think he has to be fucking involved in anything Indiana Jones going forward. Yeah. There's definitely going to have to be some reshoots. Short Round is the fuck. Because this is a dark, you know, fucking black magic rituals and children's slavery. Like, this is a dark fucking place to find ourselves. But in the middle of it, there is this kid who is doing pretty much exactly the same shit as Indiana Jones, fighting to make this better. So you feel okay, right? The, The mine shaft and the water pouring out and... That finale on the rope bridge is just fucking awesome. great. As a kid, you're like, there's bad guys. When a he's, rope bridge, there's crocodiles eating people. But dude, I fucking love dope, every That crocodile of this shit is gnarly. I completely so forgot. Awesome. So cool. It's so but, awesome. But like that, so when he's going, like when him there's and- There's an uh, old game. Do you remember Pitfall? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just vines and jumping and alligators eating him. <laughs> yeah. But when him and uh, him and Mola Ram are like basically like, Punching while they're hold, punching each other while holding on, like you betrayed Shiva, and then he just starts saying, "I." That was like, I'm like, "Oh, oh my dude. god, he this is so it, yeah. metal." He's like, "I am the greatest appropriator." <laughs> he starts fucking wielding the Indian, uh, the mother India magic against an Indian. Yep. Man, yeah. But then he gives it back at the end, so he's just like appropriate. But maybe you shouldn't have made him drink the blood and fucking get brought into the cult. He appropriates to, as, so as to save himself, but then, you know, he enslaved he, he, Indiana he gives it Jones back. and gave him the keys of your own destruction. Yeah. He gives it it's back. Just it's just fucking, good. dude, when he chops that in a short run's like, we're going for a ride. Yeah. And Willie's like, dear God, no. And when he starts chopping that bridge, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> great. And they have all these throwbacks to the first one, right? Like, there's the two guys with the swords, and he reaches for his pistol. Doesn't have like, the, gun. the first one, it's not yep. there. It's just, it's such fucking fun filmmaking. Right. And yeah, watching people get thrown and watching, uh, you know, the guy get fucking bounced off the rocks. He falls to his death. Right. And the Crocs get him. It's dude. That was man. That um, fucking awesome. And again, like, you know, it's 40 fucking years ago or whatever. But like that him bouncing off the rocks was like, oh, wow, there is some serious like. Ouch. Ouch. (laughs) Like 
He's already going to get eaten. We don't like need all today. This that would just be a wide shot of like a digital like person uh, falling. Like, like, it's uh, like the RoboCop shop where all of a sudden the guy's built like Jack Skellington. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> One of my all time faves, dude. And then yeah. the end of the film is just our heroic heroes coming back to a village that's now flooded with their children back. Yeah, these happy fucking faces. This Indiana Jones and and Short Round have brought these people back, man. Mm-hmm. It's that that's how I remember this movie. Is it's it's narratively the least functional of these Indiana Jones trilogy, right? Like it's it's just has a lot of fucking obvious problems that there's really not a lot of room to like debate about. There are just a lot of bad choices that happened in this movie, right? <laughs> but if sure. you take the last 30 or 40 minutes and the first 20 minutes, right? Our some movie of this hour and 40 minute movie is really fucking good. It's really fucking fun. Classic kind of Indiana Jones serialized adventure. Yeah. And to me, it's like, I don't, maybe cause I found it as a kid. I never expect anything from Indiana Jones except for fun. I don't look at Indiana Jones as a place where, like, we can rehash the, like, you know, cultures of the past or what's... I just want to see a guy fighting through a cool set, get a little bit of, like, flavor from the historical shit. Yeah. That's it. Punching Nazis, great. Love that. Right? Fighting a dark magic ritual cult, drinking blood. Great. Love that. Yeah. Right? Evil Indiana Jones about to fucking burn Willie. Great images, right? Love it. The heart rips. Everything about it is fucking fun. Mm-hmm. And it's scary as shit for kids, but it's sure. fucking fun. But it's Being fun. scared is fun. That's it why we have roller coasters and horror movies. And yes. that's why people skydive and bungee jump, because being scared is fucking fun. Yeah. And Skydiving it's really and fucking fun when you're a kid. Being scared right. when you're a kid is really fucking fun, man. Agreed. When it's like this, right? You don't want to be like scared in like the broader sense of life. But right. um, so for you, me, you don't want to be scared like delivers, we always are. Yeah. This movie delivers everything I want out of an Indiana Jones. Does it give me this kind of giant tumorous growth as well? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. denying that. But for sure. how much fun it is, for the super fucking metal imagery of this fucking thuggy cult, right? Mm-hmm. Of getting to do that ride with a character as awesome as Short Round. That's why I go back to this, man. Raiders is an inarguably better movie than Temple of Doom. Sure. On almost every level. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have a death cult and it doesn't have short round. Right? I think it missing short round. Last is pretty... Crusade is another kind of classic, like better written adventure. It adds Sean Connery, which is fucking great. It doesn't, doesn't have short have round, fucking though. flaming heart rips and it doesn't have short round. Yeah. So when I reach back to watch one of these movies, this is the one I always reach for every fucking time. I'm not it here is. to tell you that it's a better movie than those other two. No, and that but it's it is not like it's not blast. unfairly maligned. Like there's a lot to malign. Yeah. Agreed. But I but think this is the thing. When the movie's at its best, it cooks. It fucking man. soars. Yeah. It fucking soars. And there are a lot of movies that if you just look at them, you're like, there's a lot of stuff I don't like. Like, what's the best scene in a movie that you're like, ah, that's average? What's yeah. the best scene or two in that movie? What does it do for you? Yeah. Not as much as Temple of Doom, I bet. It's just the way it I it it just hits all the rights like when it's good it's good and it hits the right spots and I think that's a really important thing and yeah 
key as short round is that's where I want you to close. Unbelievable. The, the idea of this month, right, is to look at where they started to where they are now, right? So from short round to Waymond, walk me through what you thought rewatching this movie in the context of Key has just won an Oscar. Right. I mean, it's one of those things where, like, this was his first role in a movie. And, like, a majority, like, that scene where they're accusing each other of cheating was all improvised. Like, I think what's fascinating is you watch that, which is a little boy bringing this out of Harrison Ford. Like, Harrison Ford is a seasoned actress, Han Solo, the guy from Witness, the guy from American Graffiti, all these things. Like, and he's like a grizzled, like, brute piece of shit in this yeah, movie. Yeah, and this version of Indiana Sh- Jones is a darker, like, angrier, like, not having a good time guy. To yeah. get that out of that performance, like, that really cute levity is so powerful. When you see him as Wayman, like, that's what I think. This is, like, Kihai Kwan's superpower as an actor. And this is something I think we've – I think the reason he was so impactful this year and the reason Everything Everywhere All at Once was so beautiful – is because Kihei Kwan's power as an actor is this like unfiltered empathy. Whatever it is about him, that's what like you latch on to this. It's not even innocence. It's just this unfiltered empathy and pleasure of life. And so whether he's like arguing about cheating at a card game with Indiana Jones or having this beautiful moment trying to bring Michelle Yeoh back from the brink of nihilism, it is this powerful, powerful, palpable moment that he has as an actor where he can just look into the camera or you can look in his face and see something absolutely pure. That's yeah. that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah. So Kihu Kwan to me, right? The thing that he his great power, right? And there's that great moment in everything ever all at once where he's like, You think I'm naive. Yeah. This is my survival strategy. Right? I choose to be happy. I choose to see the best in things. Because for me, that makes life better to live. In that, to me, right, the montage of when Michelle Yeoh sees all the Waymans, right, and she remembers back on this life of him just being this silly, fun guy, right? That, to me, is what he does. To me, he represents this. He never lost that childlike joy and excitement of life. Right. At least in his performances, right? And so watching him be this guy that's so full of joy and happiness it makes those moments where he shows you how fucking hurt he can be so much more powerful because that's not the palette we associate with him right he is a joyous person when you see him not only open up and just do this deep fucking well of yeah i'm sad too man but like short round i'm gonna fucking choose to face the day and that's the other thing, right? Between this and, and everything, every while at once is Waymond, right? Even though he wants to be happy and goofy, and you might call him naive, and he might not fucking put outward face to a lot of his sadness, he's still going to fucking stand between you and the, the fucking monster and fight. Yeah. And it's cool, it's, man. It's great. It's just joyful. There's joy. It's joy on joy. That's all. We this year got back like a really powerful performer. Yeah. Um, and I couldn't be happier, man. Same. That's it for the Temple of Doom. We've ripped its flaming heart out. Uh, that's it. I hope you guys had fun with it, man. I love this Indiana Jones movie. 
I actually can't believe we haven't done more Indiana Jones movies. At least two more, I should say. Uh, <laughs> so someday we'll probably get some more Indiana Jones, man. But um, Three more at this point. I, that's what I really like about this curation, right? Is this, this kind of journey between what was and what is now, right? Mm-hmm. The new possibilities ahead of what we could get, right? Maybe we'll get more short round. That would be fucking great. Mm. Um, wonderful fucking movie from my childhood that means a lot to me. So I'm glad we talked about it. I hope you guys had fun this episode. If you would be so kind and you want to help support and grow the show, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Every little bit helps, guys. Uh, we thank you so much uh, for the support. If you can't financially support, man, I get it. Send an episode to a friend who loves movies, right? Uh, share everything on the socials. Leave those ratings and reviews wherever you find the show. Click subscribe on the YouTube Film Alchemist, right? There's a lot of ways we can work together to help grow this show. Um, and again, we're at your behest, man. We need your help to do that. We'll keep doing the talking if you guys just help us uh, with those things. And we appreciate you for it. We, we appreciate you. your time. For the Film Alchemist podcast, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Tandino. Kalima. 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 Kalima.